Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. My name is Nick. Welcome to the show. If this is your first time here, this show is all about my journey of scratch-made food and positive energy. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. Thank you so, so much for continuing this journey with me, trying to make the world better, one dish at a time. I want to also put a huge, huge shout out out there to everybody that tuned into my first ever live stream this past Thursday when I made a homemade enchiladas that I'm going to be talking about in the second half of the show today. Thank you so, so much. I am so eternally grateful for your support. I know I had some hiccups and I know I need to work on some camera placement stuff and I know that all that stuff's not necessarily the best, but it's going to get there and it's going to be absolutely amazing. I cannot wait to continue to evolve and continue to do live cooking streams for everyone. I also want to take the time to remind everyone to please mark your calendars. May 19th is the beginning of the sixth annual live stream for the cure. We are aiming for $20,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. I'm really, really excited about this year's event. And this is our biggest goal that we've ever attempted to date. I'm really, really, I'm nervous and excited. Like, I I really, really feel like we can put it together. Uh, I can't wait. If you're somebody who's listening to this and you want to find out more about getting involved, then you can get in touch on social media at live stream for the cure just search out live stream for the cure you'll find me get in touch with me and we can definitely start working some things out scheduling is going to be happening this month in february if you're listening to this when it comes live for more information about all the different kind of things that are going to be happening during live stream for the cure that will be forthcoming if you're just a listener kind of wanting to know but basically we raise money for the cancer research institute who they research immunotherapy And it's all about training the body's immune system to fight against cancer. They're trying to fight for a world immune to cancer. Like, wouldn't that be such a beautiful world? And that's why I'm so passionate about it. That's why I love it so much. So make sure you mark your calendars. It's going to be an absolutely amazing event. here from the outset, I just want to say thank you. You are amazing. I hope that you're being kind to yourself today. I hope that you have found a way to believe in yourself today. I talked last week about no longer believing in myself, struggling to believe in myself, struggling to find a way to believe in myself. And I'm proud to report that I've had some really, really good days over the past week. I've had some tough ones too. I've had some tough ones and I want to talk about those. 
But I want to say from the outset that good days and bad, if you're out there and if you're struggling, or even if you're not struggling today, but you've struggled in the past or, you know, you're concerned about struggling, you're not alone. There are people out there who are willing to listen to you, people in the support industry, friends, family members. Reach out to someone. Don't ever be afraid to reach out to somebody. Don't ever hold it all in. One of the things I want to stress more than anything here is to reach out. Like to, if you're if you're somebody who, you know, you don't reach out to people proactively. I've been like that my whole life. I've really, really struggled with that my whole life because I've struggled with if, if people want to talk to me, they'll talk to me. And as a result, it leaves me feeling kind of isolated and alone a lot of the time. Like I really, really end up feeling really isolated a lot of the time. Because I shut myself off and I just assume that people are going to reach out to me when they reach out to me. And I know people get busy. I get busy. I'm so busy. I definitely understand that people get busy and that, you know, these things kind of happen. But don't ever think that you can't reach out to somebody. If you reach out to people and then they're not there for you, then that's a different thing. That's a different conversation. But I struggle so much with it. I'm still so much in that headspace of I can't reach out to people. I can't talk to people. Or if I reach out to you, if I message you, if you're somebody that knows me pretty well, you've probably at least heard me say more than a time or two, like, I didn't want to bug you. I don't want to bug you. I say it all the time. I like apologize for trying to reach out to friends or family or anybody to talk to them. And sometimes we need somebody to talk to. Even if it's just to kind of vent everything out there into the world and let the world know what you're feeling, what they'll know what you're thinking. Don't ever be afraid to just reach out there and get in touch with somebody. As I said last week on the show, I've really, really been having a crisis of believing in myself as much as I should lately. And last week, like I said, I've, I I didn't have a terrible week last week. Last week, I had a pretty decent week. But I still had some hard days, too. I still had some days where I struggled. I still had some days where I ate too much or where I ate stuff I shouldn't have eaten. And by and large, I'm doing really, really well. Like right now, I'm up two pounds. So three, three, two. But weight fluctuates like that. And I know it does. I got out for three miles yesterday and I've gotten out for a few walks since last week's show. Because I'm taking seriously this commitment to believing in myself. But part of believing in myself is putting my foot firmly on my butt and pushing myself out the door to go do something about it. Because I can sit here and I can tell you until the cows come home, believe in yourself. I believe in myself. I believe in what I'm doing, what I am thinking, what I'm feeling. I can, I can say it until the cows come home, but unless I actually put it into practice, it's never going to happen. You know, and I give calorie counts whenever I do any of the recipes on the podcast anymore. And I do that in part because it forces me to be accountable to say, okay, I know how many calories a serving of this is. I know how much a serving of this is. Now don't overeat it. Today I made my dad's rice pudding recipe again because I'm really, really trying to dial it in there and get it super creamy, caramelly, and smooth. Today's effort, I think, was the best effort to date, but today was the first day I ever plugged it into the calorie counter to really see how many it is. And it's about 320 calories for a half cup portion. 
and there's sugar and all those kinds of things in there. So if I want to have it, I need to a remember that it's a treat. And if I'm going to have something like that, that's going to have sugar in it, I try to limit myself to one thing a day. When I did drop the sugar, even it's not like I just completely stopped eating any and every type of sugar ever, but I limited myself to those treats like every once in a while. It wasn't like every day. Oh, have this, 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 this. And I've had too many days like that over the past year where I haven't kept myself really firm to that. So yeah, the, the rice pudding turned out absolutely fantastic, I think. But yeah, when I eat it, when I look at it, I need to look at it with the realization that, yeah, Nick, you can't have more than one serving of this. Because 320 calories is a lot, and that's not even including all the sugar and stuff. That's not, granted, there's only like two-thirds of a cup of sugar in the entire thing. But even still, like I'm finding ways to try to cut back the sugar on it, to try to maybe use some sugar replacements, like maybe that monk fruit sweetener that I had been using a couple other times in the past. Like I'm really, really struggling to kind of figure all that kind of stuff out. Or maybe not struggling, but I'm really working to kind of try to figure all that stuff out. But how are you? That's one thing I want to ask here before the positivity segment ends, before I wrap this out. How are you? And I know you're listening to this or you're watching this or whatever in between, and you can't physically answer me, or maybe you can get at me on social media. Please reach out. If you want to ever talk to me about anything, if you just need to unload, I'm here. Reach out. All the links to how to reach me are down in the show notes. You can reply to the video of this. If you're watching it over on YouTube, how are you? you are you okay take a moment close your eyes and just are you okay what in your world isn't okay if it's not okay what in your world could be improved what in your world do you want to work harder to achieve or to improve What can friends, family, anyone do to help you get there? Can anyone help you get there? Is it something that you have to do yourself? Is it something that you have to gut check in yourself? Because that's where I am right now with, you know, getting myself off of this plateau, really pushing myself off of this plateau. That's where I am right now with that. And like, it's almost like I'm like I'm leaning at the edge of that precipice and, and, you know, I know what needs to be done and I'm, I'm doing 80, 90% of it, but I just have to get that last 10%. I just have to get that remaining amount. I have to get that last little bit and push myself over the edge and do it and count those calories, be rigid with myself. I used to be firm with myself. I used to like be really, really firm when it came to counting those calories. I would not go over those calories ever literally ever. And nowadays I get to a point where I just am like, eh, I'll get like, you know, Oh, I know I've, I know I've had my calorie limit for the day, but then I'm going to have this serving of something and I'm doing good. I'm not going back for seconds. Mostly but I'm still not doing a hundred percent on it. Like I had leftover salmon yesterday and I made some rice 
And I had just the salmon and rice, you know, that was whatever portion it was. But Rebecca had heated up some lasagna and just, God, I wanted a piece of lasagna. So I had one. I was already over my calories by that point. And then I added, I mean, it was a sliver, but it was still, a sliver still something. And you have to be willing, you have to be someone who stands out there in front of yourself and says, that's not okay. If you're trying to hold yourself accountable, if you're trying to be realistic, if you're trying to tell yourself what you do and don't need to do, then it's not okay to let yourself off the hook when you fail. It's not okay to let yourself off of the hook when you, I won't even say make a mistake because it wasn't a mistake. It was an intentional choice, but it was the wrong one. And I knew that after I did that, it was going to make me feel bad. And I knew that after I did that, I wasn't going to be happy with myself because I did it. But I still did it. But I can't take it back now. Today, as I'm recording this, and I know I'm recording this late, I'm recording this, you know, 11 hours after it already should have been in your ear holes. And I'm sorry for that. The enchilada portion of it, the recipe portion of what I recorded weeks ago, last time I made it. But... You know, I, I, I know I'm recording this late, but I just, I've been working so much overtime and I've been doing so much other stuff and I'm just, I'm wearing down. I'm beaten down. I'm just tired and I just needed that extra day. So I'm sorry for that. So please accept my apologies for that. But I know that that's also something that's really affecting my appetite as well as sleep and not getting enough of it. Just all these little things that we do in life, all these little things that, that we struggle with, you know, we have to be willing to hold ourselves accountable for them. We have to be willing to say, no, this was not okay. This was not the right choice. This was not what I should have done. You have to be willing to to be realistic with yourself and you can't let yourself off of the hook when you make a choice that you know you shouldn't have made. You can't excuse it because then it gets easier to excuse the next one and the next one and the next one. And when you want to have those treats, when you want to fill those things in there, like there's still lasagna in there. I could have just had a piece of it today. I could have waited, but I didn't. Don't let yourself off of the hook. But don't beat yourself up too hard for it either. Accept it. Say, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Tomorrow I will be better. Tomorrow I will be stronger. Tomorrow I will find a way to conquer what I could not conquer today. Because it's always a fight. It's always a battle. Even with Drop the Sugar, like there were so many times I just wanted to grab something up and just start housing it down. There were some tough days that I had back in those days. Those of you who used to watch me stream back in the day, you remember. It's been so, so much. You know, and allow yourself, allow yourself to have those treats. Allow yourself to have a little something here and there. But if you make a choice... If you make a decision to say, I'm going to hold myself accountable, I'm going to do this thing, whatever this thing is for you, if you decide to hold yourself accountable to do it, then when you choose to go against that decision, you have to own up to it. You have to admit that you failed yourself. 
And that's what I'm faced with right now. That's what I'm dealing with right now is dealing with, even though I've had good days and even though I've made mostly good choices, there's still times when I failed myself and I know it. And I know I'm better than that. And I just have to work harder to be better every time. Never stop working. Never stop believing in yourself. Never give up on your ability to make the changes you need to make. If you, ch if you make a choice that you just, you, if you fail, then you can't beat yourself up for it. You just have to let it go. I will be better tomorrow than I was today. Tomorrow is always a brand new day. There is always so many choices, so many changes that can happen from day to day. You don't have to wait for the beginning of the next week. You don't have to wait for the beginning of the next month. You don't have to wait for the beginning of the next year or whatever strange milestone it is. Start now. Start now. Don't let yourself off the hook. Be firm with yourself. Be strong with yourself. Believe in yourself. You can do anything you put your mind to. You can do anything that you set your mind to. I promise you that you can. If I lost 125 pounds, then believe me, you can do anything. And I believe so much that I can lose more, that I can continue on that journey and get to my goal weight the way I've always wanted to. Whatever that thing is that you need to face down, face it down. I'm sorry I failed you. However, and in whatever way I have, move forward. Believe in yourself. Never give up. Just keep going. But I just want to close this positivity segment out just repeating. Are you okay? If you're not okay, it's okay to not be okay. My sister made a post about that that I saw on social media. And it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to struggle. Everybody struggles. I promise you they do. You don't have to just be tough and be strong. You can feel. You can let it out. It just starts with believing in yourself. Being true to yourself, being honest with who you are and about what you need in this life. Don't ever, ever, ever give up on yourself. We are going to take a break, ladies and gentlemen. And when we come back, it's time for Enchiladas 2 Electric Boogaloo. This is the first ever quote unquote sequel recipe that I've done. I initially did these way back in episode 28. And I'm super, super excited for you guys to hear about the change in this recipe, because this recipe, while fundamentally it is still the same, there's so much different about it that I just had to do enchiladas again. And again, thank you to everybody that tuned into my stream to watch me make these live, because it's an involved process, super involved. There's so many different steps. 
but I can't wait to talk to you guys all about it. I'm going to do that right after this. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Thank you so, so much for hanging out. I hope that wherever you are, whenever you are, you're having an absolutely amazing day. And your day would get even better, I promise you, if you made enchiladas. This has become one of my absolute favorite things that I've discovered making in 2021. Like, if I ranked a list, and if you guys wanted to see, like, a list of all the things that I've made... Uh, like ranked or something or like a top 10 or a top five or something let me know enchiladas have just been one of my absolute favorites the first time i ever made these i did not use homemade tortillas because i'd never done that and then my few attempts at corn tortillas were terrible because i was following the exact recipe on the back of goya's corn flour bag which let me tell you is wrong <laughs> I've never, never, never gotten that to work out, but I found an amazing recipe for homemade corn tortillas that give me some oven. It's literally three ingredients. It's amazing. They turn out so soft and perfect every time. Much like lasagna and much like a lot of the things that I champion on this show, of course, this show is all about scratch-made food, but some things are worth the time and effort more so than others in terms of freshness. I'm telling you now, homemade corn tortillas in your enchiladas is a game changer. Also, Dan especially, but others as well, will be very happy to hear this. This version of the recipe amps up the cilantro to like an insane factor. There are four cups of cilantro in this entire thing. The first version of this dish back in episode 28, like a few tablespoons here and there. Like I was afraid of cilantro because like if you just eat plain cilantro, Dan will say I have a genetic defect, but I get the soapiness. I get a little bit of that soapiness. I don't like it by itself. But when you start making dishes like this and you start layering in a ton of cilantro, it plays so well with the other flavors in here. And it, it, it something happens to it where it just becomes this blissful marriage in the dish. The more cilantro, the better. This is even going to be topped with a homemade chimichurri. Go all the way back to episode two. That chimichurri as well. I was too scared to add more than enough cilantro to it. There's another two cups of it in that. There's so much cilantro, lime in this dish. So, so many different things here. This isn't to say I didn't love my first enchilada recipe, but this is enchiladas that have grown a little bit. Like I had leftover chicken speedies that I had grilled that I used for my first enchiladas. And then we did some, you know, small diced up like cubed little bits of chuck roast that I seared really hard. But this time I actually did a marinated chicken. So all these kind of elements combined together I'm telling you now, if you don't make the dishes that I make on this show, or if, you, if you've never thought about doing it before, maybe this is your first time listening and you're like, wow, he really loves these enchiladas. I am promising you, you make these one time, you are going to fall in love. My next goal 
spicy. I want to amp up the spice. I'm going to make two pans. I made two pans of it last time I made it, which uh, presented its own challenges. We'll talk about those. But next time I want to make two pans and I want to make one of them with some roasted like jalapenos or maybe even a habanero. Love, love, love the idea of amping up the spice in this dish. But let's go and let's get into enchiladas too. Electric Boogaloo. So to get things started, you're going to need to marinate some chicken. You're going to need one pound of chicken breast filleted. You need the zest and juice of two limes, two tablespoons of olive oil, one tablespoon of chili lime sea salt. Caraval Gourmet does an amazing chili lime sea salt. It is a little bit pricey, but I promise you, uh, you will understand why when you taste it. One tablespoon of ground black pepper, one cup of chopped cilantro, and eight cloves of garlic. Chuck all that into a big Ziploc bag or a bowl. Make sure the chicken's well coated and the marinated for at least 24 hours. You really want that lime and that cilantro, that salt to really, really get into that chicken. Heat up your grill or skillet to mid-high. I actually grilled these on my propane grill. And uh, just get a good, good sear on both sides. Cook them until they're cooked through. Remove them to rest. You can set those aside for now. And once they cool down, you can prepare your filling. So set those aside for now. You're not going to need them for a while. To make homemade corn tortillas, shout out to Gimme Some Oven. Again, the link for that will be in the show notes. Three ingredients. That's it. Goya, fix the recipe on your bag. It's wrong. You need way more water than they call for on that recipe. If you mix in the amount of water, like even at the top end of the amount of water, it's still way too mealy. It doesn't come together as a dough. But this recipe from Gimme Some Oven is perfect. The only thing I do is I add a little bit more salt. So you're going to need two cups of corn flour, one and a half to two cups of hot water, and two teaspoons of chili lime sea salt. Basically, to get this started, add your corn flour and sea salt to a large bowl and then whisk it together to combine it. You're going to add a cup of the hot water first and stir it together, okay? Then you're going to dribble in hot water and keep mixing it together until the dough comes together and forms a ball. It's going to have the consistency of it's either like clay or Play-Doh or some kind of thing like that. It does not feel like normal flour, but it will come together into one solid dough ball that's not like falling apart. Once you've gotten to that point, put your dough in your bowl, cover it with a damp paper towel or a damp kitchen towel, let it rest for about 10 minutes. Once that's ready, take it out, put it on your countertop, and you're going to flatten this into a rectangle, roughly, uh, that's about one inch thick, and then use a knife or a dough cutter, cut it into 12 equal pieces. Cover those with a damp tablecloth. You're going to take a skillet. I have a cast iron skillet. I, I really, honestly, and this is one of the things where it says do a cast iron skillet, I don't think it matters. I'm going to be that person. I really don't think it matters. Uh, as long as you give these a good, good cook over a mid-high heat, I think you're going to be fine. Because I've done it over, you know, with a cast iron and I've done it with a normal skillet as well. And I don't really see much difference at all. But anyway, heat your skillet up to mid-high heat. And then you're basically, if you don't have a tortilla press, if you do, they're an amazing investment. I can't sing the praises of them enough. But if you don't, it's okay. You can use a roller and just put, uh, you know, each of your pieces between two pieces of parchment paper and roll it out. And then you're basically going to cook the tortillas for 45 to 60 seconds per side. They're going to get some nice browning, maybe even some bubbling and blistering. That's okay. Once they're done, remove them from the heat. Those are ready to go. For your enchilada sauce, this is largely the same thing from back in episode 28. There are just a few, few changes here, so I'm going to break it down again. You're going to need two teaspoons of chili powder, two teaspoons of chipotle chili powder, one tablespoon of chili lime sea salt, one tablespoon of fresh ground black pepper, a quarter teaspoon of ground cayenne, a teaspoon of cumin, 
a quarter teaspoon of the following ground ginger, ground turmeric, dried oregano, and ground cinnamon. You're going to need eight cloves of garlic minced. You're going to need one sweet onion chopped. You're going to need one sweet bell pepper, fire roasted and chopped. You're going to need two poblano peppers, fire roasted and chopped. You're going to need two tablespoons of tomato paste, four tablespoons of vegetable oil, two cups of vegetable stock. I use vegetable better than bouillon and just constitute it myself. You need one and a half tablespoons of cornstarch, a half of a cup of dry red wine, and one tablespoon of agave nectar. When it's time to prepare your filling, you're going to start with one tablespoon of that vegetable oil to a large saucepan over medium heat. Get your chopped peppers and onions in there once your oil's warmed up. Saute that for a few minutes. Sprinkle in some chili lime sea salt to kind of help start to sweat it out. Once you've cooked that to, you know, just for a few minutes, get your red wine and agave in there, stir that together, reduce your heat to low and cover it. Let it cook for 15 to 20 minutes or until your onions and peppers are nicely caramelized and soft. So while your veggies are sauteing, you're going to want to add all of your dry spices to a bowl so that way you can add them all into the dish at the same time. Make sure that you do this. You can't be sitting there and, and, and trying to grab one thing, one thing, one thing. Get all your dry spices prepared. Now get everything else that gets part of the sauce ready while your onions and peppers are sauteing down so that way you can basically chuck this together because the steps from here, they move very, very quickly. I can't emphasize that enough. Don't try to wing it. So once your saute is done, turn your heat back up to mid and remove the cover. You're going to add your garlic in there, cook it for one minute, stirring it until it's nicely perfumed. I amped up the garlic in this recipe. Add your spices, all the dry spices, and cook that again for just a minute. It will start to smell unbelievable in your kitchen. You're going to add the remaining vegetable oil, stir that in until it's well incorporated. You're basically going to have this kind of paste, like these clumps of just paste vegetables like it's not gonna be a sauce at this point okay then you're gonna get your cornstarch in there cook that for one minute stirring it regularly you're gonna see it bubble up a lot and now everything is gonna kind of start to loosen up and it's gonna become this nice beautiful thick sauce make sure you're stirring this regularly you do not want it to burn from here, add your vegetable stock and tomato paste and stir it until it's well incorporated. Uh, if you're reconstituting it like I do from bouillon, then take your immersion blender using your tomato paste and your, uh, your better than bouillon and two cups of water and chuck it into a measuring cup, blitz it quickly, the immersion blender, so it's all mixed together and well incorporated. Pour that right in there, stir that all well together and cook it for five minutes or so until it is nice and thick. Now you are ready to build yourself some enchiladas, so preheat your oven to 350 degrees. Spray yourself a 7 by 11 baking dish with cooking spray. I bought another baking dish just so I could make two pans of enchiladas whenever I make them because we're tired of not having leftovers. These are so amazing. I promise, promise, promise you they are. To make your filling, you're going to shred your chicken by hand. Or you're going to use other forks or utensils, whatever you want to. And you're going to combine your chicken with three cups of a Mexican cheese blend, a half a cup of cojita cheese, two cups of roughly chopped cilantro, and the zest of two limes. Add your corn tortillas to the saucepan one at a time and immerse them down into the sauce. If you just made them fresh just before you made the sauce, you're going to have to leave them in there for a very, very short time. They're already very soft and pliable, so you really don't need that sauce to soften them up. I, however, decided to save some time when I made enchiladas last time, and I made the corn tortillas the night before and refrigerated them. They were cold. When they went into the sauce, they were still very, very hard and not workable, and I took them out and was trying to work with them too soon, and they were basically, instead of rolling up nicely they were breaking in half 
So if you do that, or if you buy store-bought corn tortillas, you may have to let them sit and immerse until they soften up a little bit. But if you just made them fresh before you made the sauce, they really just kind of need to get coated in the sauce. So one at a time, take your corn tortillas out of the sauce, add a half a cup of the filling in there and just roll it up by hand, add it into the end of your baking dish. Yes, you will get very messy doing this. <laughs> Do this with all 12 of your corn tortillas, get them nicely filled and rolled up, squeeze them on into that seven by 11. Then any enchilada sauce that's left over, pour that over the top and then top it with Mexican cheese, cojita cheese, and another cup of cilantro. Bake that uncovered in the oven for about 30 minutes. Pull it out and rest it for 10 minutes before you serve it with a drizzle of chimichurri. And I'm also going to be a huge champion of doing a little pico as well because you get that freshness of the tomato, the onion, more cilantro in that chimichurri. I'm sorry, in the pico. That's absolutely amazing. And this was way, way back in episode two when I was very scared of cilantro back then, guys. I was very scared. This is my new recipe for chimichurri. Amps up the cilantro, amps up the garlic, and I probably added even more than the two cups of parsley that's listed in the recipe because I just kept adding more of it until it hit the greenness that I wanted it to. I really wanted a very, very vibrant, beautiful green color out of this. So you're going to need two cups of fresh parsley, two cups of fresh cilantro, a quarter cup of olive oil, a half of a medium onion diced, 16 cloves of garlic, a half a cup of fresh lime juice, two tablespoons of red wine vinegar, the zest of two limes, a half a teaspoon of salt, and a half of a teaspoon of black pepper. Of course, you can adjust those spice levels to taste. Chuck all that into a blender and just blend it until everything is well combined. Like I said, my parsley probably ended up going over two cups because I just kept adding more and more and more until I got what I wanted. I can't... I like to talk a lot. And this is an audio medium and, you know... I could sit here until the cows come home and tell you how blissful, how beautiful, how amazing and magical this dish is. I implore you, if you never have, if you're somebody who likes spicy food like this, if you're somebody who likes Mexican flavors, Mexican cooking, and you've never done this before, do it. Do it, and I promise you it is going to change your life to where you're probably going to want to make a pan of these like every day. <laughs> Nobody's got that kind of time, but you will want to. This, of course, will yield 12 enchiladas, and there's going to be about 360 per enchilada, a lot of which is the cheese. You can save yourself a lot of calories here if you cut back on that Mexican and that cojita cheese. Okay, so just keep that in mind. You don't need to necessarily go so much with it, but I, of course, love cheese, so I really get it in there. Keep in mind also that that calculation does not include the chimichurri. I can't imagine maybe two tablespoons of that chimichurri is probably only going to be like 20, 30 calories. I can't imagine it's that much. It's mostly just fresh greens, garlic, onion, and that kind of stuff. Like the only thing with any real caloric density in there is the quarter of a cup of olive oil, which isn't even that much either. So keep that in mind. That doesn't include that. But yeah, 360 per enchilada, which is not bad at all. And when you bite into this, like you taste the, the, the lime and the cilantro, that seasoning and that char that you got when you cooked that chicken. You get that beautiful, like cojita cheese is just this wonderfully pungent, crumbly little cheese. You get that amazing flavor of that in there. Then the heat, the beautiful warming all body sensation of that sauce as you take a bite of it and you just feel all those spices just kind of moving through you and warming. Oh my goodness. I can't even begin to tell you how beautiful, 
how beautiful every single aspect of this dish is. And the home run, the absolute home run star of this dish is those fresh made tortillas. If you want to make this dish and you're like, oh man, but even the tortillas from scratch, I promise. I promise I don't just do this whole everything from scratch thing as just some kind of mission or mantra. I do it because it tastes so much better. It tastes better than I can possibly describe. And you really like the texture of the tortillas is different. They're softer. They're more flavorful. They just taste more fresh. They taste so good. Please try this. Please try this recipe and let me know what you think on social media. Hit me up at Nikolai's Kitchen. Let me know how great these turned out. Every single time I make these, they are a smash hit. And if you're somebody that comes to visit me, whenever you come here, I promise you, you're probably getting a pan of these because I love, love, love to make them. They are incredible. And that is going to do it for another episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. I love you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode as I wax on and on and on and on and on about how amazing enchiladas are. I know. I will talk about it more. I will talk about them again at some point, I'm sure, once I make a version with a little bit more spice. But that is going to have to wait for another time. Wherever you are, whenever you are, you are such an amazing person. Thank you so much for supporting me. Whether you've ever spoken to me or not, whether you've ever seen me or not, plugging me into your ears and listening to my voice right now means more to me than I can ever possibly express. Thank you so, so much for listening. And thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. 